0: Good morning and welcome to church this morning. It's great to have you here. Uh, you've made a great decision to come today because we're going to see something really special, uh, a couple of baptisms later on, Steve and uh, and Nicole. And uh, we've got a whole bunch of people watching online as well. Uh, so welcome to you this morning if you're watching online and especially if you're friends and family, the two being Uh, Baptized, or you're with us, or maybe you're watching this morning, it's great to have you with us. You'll see a connect card on some of the seats there. Uh, If you're new, especially, we'd love to hear from you. Just let us know you're here. If you're old and you've been here for ages, uh, you can still use the connect card as well to communicate with anything uh, about prayer uh, or anything like that. So great to see you all. You know, it's a funny time, isn't it, Uh, with uh, everything that's been going on. Everyone I talk to is a bit beaten up coming out of the lockdowns and whatever. Um, I just wanted to uh, tell you a quick story this morning about a young man in our church that many of you will know. His name's Kyle Van Bockel, okay? And he's a great young man. He's not here this morning. I texted him during the week and said, can I tell a little story about you? He said, I'm not going to be there, which is good, because then I won't be embarrassed. <laughs> but Kyle, Kyle's not vaccinated, right? So he can't come into our main service. Uh, but I asked Kyle if he could play the guitar and lead some worship for our 9 a.m., prayer meeting uh, where we've had vaxxed, unvaxxed, we've got under 50 out there so we can have anyone can come along at 9am and he's come every week all the way from Ringwood where he lives and he's come and he's prayed and he's worshipped and he's led songs, just a young man 24 years of age and just such a great example of God's heart in this time. You know it's an easy time to trip over all of the things that are going on that we're all aware of uh, it's an easy time to criticise or easy time to, you know, get in your uh, sit at home as an armchair expert on, on politics or on theology or on church or on this, that and the other. Uh, but to see a young man like that, that has just really displayed the heart of Christ, to just shine the love of Jesus, to just have a heart of sacrifice, to want to serve his church, to want to serve others, to want to just be positive, to want to focus on the future, uh, is just so, so impressive And I know that God is uh, uh, working in all of our lives at this time. You know, crisis and difficult times like we've lived through the last two years, it reveals our character. It shows what's on the inside of you. And I know sometimes when my character is revealed, it's it's a little bit scary. It's like, oh my goodness, is that what I really think? Is that who I really am? You know, we're so broken as human beings. But hopefully, whether your character's been revealed as good, bad, ugly, or in, in between, God is trying to work on our hearts at this time. Any difficult season, any season of crisis, that's because God wants to make you better. He wants to build you stronger. And that's why we continue uh, to trust in Him. So next week, uh, we're going to have our last service before before Christmas. And uh, we're going to have a carol service. So really, really looking forward to that. It'll be a one-hour service, uh, 10 a.m. to 11. And then following outside, we're going to have face painting and a jumping castle for the kids. And so a really great family day. It's all free. So if you want to please bring along our family, friends, uh, we've invited a couple of neighbors and different people. It's a great opportunity. There's got, if you know anyone who's, who's not used to coming to church, this is a great opportunity to bring them along to church. We're going to share a, a small uh, just message of the gospel and, and Jesus and being born. We're going to have a kid's item up here. We're going to have a bunch of carols, a couple of videos and different bits and pieces. So it's going to be a great morning. We'll be done by about 11 and then we'll head outside Uh, for a morning tea and a sausage sizzle uh, and all that kind of thing. So we want to make sure that, that like we do with our life groups, uh, the same with our church services, that whenever church is on, especially these Christmas services, that it's an opportunity that you can invite someone. Because if you can invite someone to come along to church come along to your life group, come along and have dinner at your home, then that gives somebody an opportunity to hear about Jesus. And as a church, we want to keep putting those tools in your hands in order to do that, because I know there's people you're talking to that need Jesus. Uh, There's people that are wondering about God, about the future. Uh, I did a funeral this week and I'm taking another funeral next week. And and those are times when you really see people questioning life, God, God what is it all about? About. People have deep, deep questions that need to be answered and there's no better way to answer that than Christmas because it's something that whether you're a Christian or not, everyone loves Christmas and it's a great time to tell the gospel and the story of Jesus. So let's move forward this morning, we are going to do two baptisms which is very, very exciting so if I can invite those being baptised up here. Um, We've got uh, Steve Prasad has been baptised, not Peter Ingram. (laughs) And we've got Nicole who's been baptised as well, that's great, and Jack who's uh, helping out, make sure no one falls in the water. So this is really, really, really exciting. What we're going to see is a little video from these guys, just sharing a little story uh, about why they're getting baptised, and then, and then as the video's happening, they're going to jump in there, so try not to get distracted, hopefully they don't bomb into the water, but they're going to slide into the water, and then at the end of the video, um, we're going to baptise them, so... Um, Baptisms are are really the end of a spiritual journey. So for Steve and Nicole, um, what we do as a church is we take people through um, some teaching or maybe some reteaching around how to pray, how to have a relationship with Jesus, how to read the Bible. And essentially, they're getting baptized because really their connection with Jesus has become so strong that they want to publicly declare, which they're going to do this morning, so it's, it's very exciting. We're all going to celebrate with them. They want to publicly declare that I have a relationship with Jesus and I'm going to live the rest of my life following Jesus. So it says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 3 and 4 Well, oh, don't you know that all of us were baptized into Christ Jesus? We were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So water baptism, going down into the water and back again, is a public declaration of Steve and Nicole's faith and what they believe in their heart. They believe that Jesus is the Son of God and they believe that he rose from the dead. So it's a, this is their confession this morning before use. This is very, very special, very, very significant. Water baptism is also a symbol, or maybe a picture, a demonstration you're going to see in front of you this morning of a person's death and resurrection. Now it's not a physical death and resurrection, but in their heart they've died to their old way of life. They've died to the, to, the, to the sinful self and they believe as they come out of the water today that they're going to be resurrected again with Christ. It's a picture of their born-again experience that has occurred in their heart. And finally, very exciting, excitingly, this is an, an initiation, an, a doorway, if you like, into the church family. Water baptism is a way that people step into the family of God and really become a part of of the church this becomes their church family which is very very special for us as a church you know we want baptisms more and more to be something that are a special part of who we are and what we do and we want to celebrate together as people make this faith decision this isn't just a weird Christian thing we do because we read it in the Bible this means so much more and this morning I really want you to celebrate along with Steve and Nicole, together as we invite them into uh, our family, as we celebrate their decision. What a big decision they've made in their heart to really lay down their life and follow Jesus. So please make sure you celebrate uh, as they come out of the waters of baptism this morning. So first of all, we're going to see a video from Steve just about why he's being baptised today.
1: Hello church, my name is Steve and I've been attending Southern Lights and its youth group for several years. I turned 15 this year and I am the eldest among my two younger sisters and I have been blessed with godly loving parents. I chose to follow Jesus not because I was born into a Christian family or attended a church ever since I was little, but because of the death and and resurrection of Jesus Christ, I now have salvation and a purpose for living. If it weren't for Jesus, I can guarantee that I would not be where I am today. Because of what Jesus has done in my life, I know my value and I have a reason to persevere through trials and tribulations. As a result, I have been able to overcome many obstacles in my life and grow to be the person I am today. I would like to thank my parents for sowing into my life and putting me into a Christian school and all the things they have done for me. I would also like to extend my thanks to my teachers and principal for consistently sowing God's Word into my life and allowing me to grow and mature. Finally, I would also like to thank my youth leaders those who are here and those who have left, for providing a space where I could be vulnerable and accepted despite my flaws, which has helped me to exercise vulnerability and overcome sin and temptation. I am who I am today, not because I am special, but because Jesus died and rose again for my sake, and for surrounding me with godly people to guide me along this narrow path. As I close, I would like to quickly share from Romans chapter 6. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ.
2: How exciting! What a big day. Uh, This guy's been pushing at uh, baptism for a while now, so uh, a few lockdowns and hurdles we had to overcome. But we're here, mate. What do you reckon?
1: It's good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a good thing. You know, uh, one of the things we, we uh, talked about um, through the, the teaching side was you're not just saved uh, from something, but you're saved for something. It really impacted him that the life he now leads is uh, one with purpose and direction and uh, laying your life down. And this is a, a perfect opportunity to do that. So the water is really cold, which we put a few ice cubes in. Uh, you can feel them. Oh, yeah. All right, let's go. One more. Uh, on the confession of your faith in Jesus Christ, and I have the absolute privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
0: Well done. Now we're just going to hear about Nicole and uh, why she's getting baptised today.
3: Hello, my name is Nicole. I'm 56. I moved from Queensland to Melbourne to do the Catholic Church in 2019. Since then, I've been part of the deaf community in for the past 30 years. And I'm going back to Queensland to visit family and friends. Then I move to the Before I move on the next journey with the Lord, I want to be baptized. I'm quite through the stopship process and I believe that perfect time for me to be baptized. Through the journey, God has joined to my heart and i have dry I have dry understanding what God is and believe that Jesus is the Son of God and he died for for me on the cross. He has rose from the dead and also found new life in him. Now I'm stronger and have foundation and his love and truth. I have achieved by by learning and trusting the Heavenly Father, didn't go and begin all things from the past. Just, I did have been beginning. God. I once would worry about what people think of me, but now I don't have to worry because I have His peace. And Jesus more than enough, and I'm learning to love others like He loves me. I would like to say great thanks to Pastor Ronnie and Nana for being like a mother and father to me. and make up my mentor for keeping me on the right track, because I, but now I have a first of God. He's right. My follow-up students and for, for patience and support and understanding. To to start in our family, and thank you for that. The poor and working the journey with me. You're amazing, and I love you all.
2: Fantastic. Uh, well, well done. Well done. Very proud of you. It's been a long time coming. You're very emotional. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. Your old life is uh, finished. Done. Away with, and your new life is about to begin. So, on the confession of your faith in Jesus Christ and what He's done for you, I now have the privilege to uh, baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
0: Well done, well done. Very proud of Nicole there. She obviously did that whole video signing and talking. Uh, So if you know the deaf at all, they're not usually uh, talking. Uh, So very courageous of her to do that. We we thank you, Nicole. Uh, Well done, well done. And well done, Steve, as well. Just so exciting. So what a fantastic morning. Give them another round of applause as they head off. Well done. And thank you, Pastor Pete, getting in the tank, doing his bit. Pastor Peter's really been focusing uh, the last few months on people who uh, are new to the church or are new Christians and finding Jesus and there's a whole bunch of people uh, that would like to be baptised and we're really trying to take The time with them to help prepare them and disciple them. Discipleship's so important early in your Christian journey as you're making that decision of faith and you've made that decision of faith uh, in your heart. And it can be a time when it's it's a bit unsure, like what is the church thing about? What is the Bible thing about? There's all these different things going on and we're trying to walk people through that really, really well. So these guys are going to put that Cover back on because Pastor Andrew's going to preach this morning and share with us. And if anyone is going to fall in the tank, yeah, we'll, we'll get to tithes and offerings before we do that. If anyone's going to fall in the tank, uh, it's Pastor Andrew. So <laughs> before we, we before we do that, we're just going to take up our tithes and offerings. Uh, the reason that we give is because, you know, we see lives transformed like this. A great part of being involved in a church is that people get an opportunity not only to find Jesus, but to be able to find a church family. And uh, this is one of the reasons that we give, uh, because we want to see more lives transform. I want to see this tank so used that we have to get a new tank to replace it, that it's just so used and worn out uh, that we have to replace the carpet, uh, because so many people are getting baptised in there and finding, finding Jesus. So Pastor Andrew is going to share with us this morning. His message is called uh, Hope Interrupted. So continuing on our theme of uh, hope is here. And uh, we're really excited to have Andrew share because this man is an amazing man. I don't know if you know him well. uh, Many times he has had the opportunity uh, to allow interruptions in his life to take him out. But time and time again, uh, he's faithful to God and God has proved faithful to him. And so I'm really looking forward to hearing from him this morning about hope.
2: Thank Thank you
0: very
4: much. Thank you very much, Pastor Caleb. Look, I'm going to walk on water. (laughs) See? Isn't that amazing? Sorry. Yeah, I would have fallen in, let's be honest. Okay. Um, In this series that we've been, the short series we've been doing, we've been looking at hope. Uh, the hope that comes from knowing who we are and whose we are. And it's those two aspects that we really need to uh, get a, a great grasp of. It's a hope that comes not from what we do, but what, for what Christ has done for us. We can't earn that hope. We can't do anything to make that hope more secure. So we can look at Christ's life as it's recorded in the Gospels uh, and see how we can have a hope in him that will not disappoint despite the obstacles that have been presented, which have been our last two messages. Did you like the way I did that? Um, To fully appreciate the significance of what I'm going to talk about today, we need to understand, I suppose, a a little bit of what's going on in the ...nation of Israel at the time. Uh, they were under Roman rule. They were looking for the promised Messiah... ...a political leader in the mould of King David... ...who was going to come and you know, set them free from the oppression of Roman rule. Uh, the Apostle Paul describes it using terminology from the book of uh, Ezekiel and Jeremiah. calls it the hope of Israel... That's what they were waiting for. They were looking for a Messiah. Um, we've just witnessed two people follow the example of Jesus and be baptized in water. So I want to have a look at that. Yeah. Um, Jesus is baptized. So, again, I'm looking, working from uh, the Gospel of Luke here. Um, Now when all the people were baptised, so lots and lots of people were being baptised, Jesus was also baptised and while he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came out of heaven, you are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. Can you imagine how Jesus felt? Now, he's just gone through baptism. All of a sudden, this dove appears out of nowhere and descends on him in bodily form. And this voice booms out from heaven. Now, we see the Trinity there. The Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Son. All at that one time. Jesus' identity was affirmed. He wasn't just the son of the carpenter. He was the son of God. Why was God pleased though? What was it about what Jesus did that so pleased the Father? I'd argue there are two aspects to that pleasure of the Father. One it was a demonstration of his obedience. We don't necessarily see it from the, the gospel of Luke, but we see it in the other gospel accounts of his, of his baptism, and we see it in the writing of Paul, is it was Jesus obediently following God's instructions to be baptized. He didn't need to be. He was the only person on earth who didn't need to be baptized. Baptism was a demonstration of repentance John's baptism was a baptism of repentance Jesus had nothing to repent for he was the sinless son of God but he was still obedient in going through that waters of baptism the other aspect that I believe that was demonstrated by Jesus's baptism was humility again he didn't need to be baptized but he humbled himself and allowed himself to go through that process. And, no, and you, you see that in the, in the words of John the Baptist where he's talking about, no, there's going to be one, I'm not the Messiah. No, he's addressing that cultural context. John the Baptist is going, I'm not the Messiah. I'm just the one preparing the way, the voice in the wilderness. There's one coming after me and I'm not even fit to tie his shoelaces. Um, And he's the one. He will be the Lamb of God. So again, imagine how Jesus felt. He's had his identity affirmed as the Son of God. He's on his way. His ministry is about to start. About to launch into his destiny. He's going to start seeing all of those prophecies that are written about him in the Old Testament, the words that are spoken over his life when he was dedicated in the temple as a baby. What's next? Not only that, God is pleased. What's next for Jesus? Will he be proclaiming the kingdom? Will he be raising the dead, healing the sick, making blind people see? What sort of miracles and stuff is he going to be able to do? Let's see what happened. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, this is chapter 4 of Luke. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil and he ate nothing during those days and when they had ended he became hungry. One of the most obvious statements in the Bible I suspect. No food for 40 days. He was hungry. He should have been dead. Is it, what is it? Three, three minutes without oxygen, three weeks, three days without water, three weeks without food. He's gone almost double that time. 40 days without food. He should have been dead. No, he was just hungry. (laughs) Jesus didn't launch into ministry. His hope didn't start building. His hope didn't start to be realised. His hope was interrupted. He had to go through a refining and a processing that, amongst many other things, defined what sort of Son of God he was going to be. What sort of hope he was going to bring to the nation of Israel and how that hope was going to be realised in his life and ultimately in his death and resurrection. But that's a message for another time of the year. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness not into Jerusalem, not even into one of the big cities, not even into the towns and villages that scattered the countryside, out into the wilderness. He didn't meet anyone of note while he was out there. Now, there's an account in in the book of Acts of of Stephen. He goes into the wilderness and he bumps into an an Ethiopian eunuch and creates the oldest continuously running church in the world and uh, you sit there and go wow, nothing he didn't yeah <laughs> this was the father demonstrating his pleasure for the son in whom he was well pleased <laughs> thanks dad uh, So what's next? Well, as it says, he's being tempted by the devil. So what did that temptation look like? First test, first temptation, his physical needs. And the devil said to him, If you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Lots of stone in the wilderness. Lots of stone. So lots of bread. He could have satisfied his hunger very, very easily. And Jesus answered him, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone. So some interesting things to note on this first test. What's the first thing the devil says to him? If you are the son of God. That very identity that has just been affirmed is challenged. And that's what the devil will do. He'll challenge the identity. He'll challenge what God has said about you. The hope that has been sown in your heart will be challenged and tested. If no you think about it, no, the, the devil's got a really clear mo. No? If you are the Son of God, did God really say? He just sows that seed of doubt. Gets you asking questions that are stuff that you shouldn't really. ...need to question because God has said it. And no, then the, the devil, being really obvious, no, deals with the fact that he hasn't eaten for 40 days. Jesus' responses from Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3, for those of you that are interested... In fact, all of Jesus' responses are from two chapters in the book of Deuteronomy. So, to resist the devil, do we need to know all the Bible backwards and forwards? No! Just got to know the stuff that's useful. Just got to know the stuff, and I'll touch on that a little bit later. Jesus could have dealt with his physical needs in a supernatural way. We see that so much. People go, oh, I've got a physical need. Let's deal with it in a supernatural way. Jesus was like, no, he could have chosen a supernatural physical needs to be a a supernatural. Jesus could have chosen to be a supernatural physical needs meter. But he didn't. He said, no, it's not about just having food to eat. And the devil moved on. Move to the next test. Power needs. He led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Uh, Fascinating statement That The implications of that is that it wasn't just the kingdoms of the world at that point in time. But it was all the kingdoms of the world over history. In a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I'll give you all this domain and its glory, for it's been handed over to me. Half truth. <laughs> uh, and I give it to whomever I wish. Little did the devil realize that Jesus was going to take it anyway. <laughs> Same with the supernatural needs meeting. Jesus was going to do that anyway. He fed 5,000 people with you know, lo- no, three loaves and, or five loaves and two fishes. Two fish. Therefore, if you worship before me, it shall all be yours. Jesus answered him. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Physical needs weren't Jesus' weakness. So the devil moved to test if Jesus was on a bit of a power trip. You'll notice here my three three points. I'll start with the letter P because that's the sort of person I am. He offered him authority over all the inhabited world all jesus needed to do was bow down and worship the devil again jesus responded from deuteronomy this time it was chapter 6 verse 13 he drew strength from scripture It's why it's important that we do that today. again he could have chosen to be a political power tripper he could have been that sort of ruler. that's the sort of ruler That the nation of Israel was looking for. That was the hope of Israel. Someone to get rid of the Romans. But he didn't. He knew whose he was. And he knew what he should. He knew who should and shouldn't be worshipped. He knew the devil shouldn't be worshipped. He said. No. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So the devil moved on. And he led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him again going back to this who did God say you were if you are the son of God throw yourself down from here for it is written hang on a second the devil's quoting scripture it is written he will command his angels concerning you to guard you and on hand he gave him two verses. And on hands they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Both both quotes from the book of Psalms. And Jesus answered and said to him, it is said you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil attacks Jesus' sense of sonship and questions what it means to be the son of God. He uses scripture to back up his argument. Just because somebody has a couple of Bible verses to support their argument doesn't mean that their argument is valid. You can make the Bible say whatever you like. Just need to adjust your interpretation a little bit. According to the devil, Jesus should have been able to summon angels to do his bidding. Jesus actually acknowledges that when he's on trial before Pilate. He said, I could summon a legion of angels to come and uh, rescue me from this situation. But he doesn't. Now, Jesus could have been confident that God would follow through on his promise and protect him from his own stupidity. No, throw yourself off a tallest building in the town and wait for the angels to rescue you. Wouldn't that be a spectacular stunt? Wouldn't that get some attention? Wouldn't that make him notorious in Jerusalem? But Jesus wasn't after that. He responded again out of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16, where he knew that there were things that he should do that he could do, things that he should do, and things that he shouldn't do. And one of those things that you shouldn't do is test God's, the limits of God's protection. Why would you do that? Why would you go, hey, I'm going to push the bell. I'm going to see how far I can go before God stops protecting me. Why would you do that? Jesus gone, no, that's just dumb. Just center yourself in where he is his will is this time the devil didn't move on he moved off for a more opportune time it says jesus didn't allow himself to becoming uh, allow himself to be drawn into becoming a super spiritual showman a christian freak show <laughs> he just he knew what the father wanted from him He knew what the will of God for his life was. He knew that the Messiah that he was called to be wasn't the military King David replica. It wasn't even the miracle worker or the spiritual showman. He knew that the Messiah he was called to be was to be the suffering servant as described in Isaiah 53. He knew what sort, sort of saviour he needed to be. It wasn't just about the Jews and the Romans at that point in time. He knew that what he was doing had eternal consequences. He knew that it was about all mankind. Every one of us sitting here today and watching online, he knew it was about that and about No, coming to earth, being born as a baby, which is what we're about to celebrate in the next couple of weeks. Living as a normal but sinful, so not really normal. (laughs) No, normal but sinless man, so that he could die, so that we all could live. He knew that. He knew that was the plan. So the devil's moved off, the angels have come to comfort Jesus. Don't know whether they bought food, angel food cake. And so in Luke 14 and 15, and Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. So he was topped up for the Holy Ghost. And news about him spread throughout the surrounding district, and he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. And this is why it's an interruption. The hope that he had at his baptism was interrupted, tested, refined, clarified. That needed to happen. So that when he went into his ministry, he was crystal clear and focused on what the will of God was for his life and his death. He could take the gospel out to the villages, the towns, the cities into Jerusalem. He went to one city later in in Luke chapter 4. Very famous scripture. Um and one which everybody who works at Lighthouse would be very familiar with at the moment because it's been our theme all year the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me and Jesus quoting from the book of Isaiah lists a whole bunch of things Jesus going this is what I was called to do but it's not something he did straight away he had to go through that refining first so for Nicole and Stephen did they tell you about that refining bit? Before you got baptised? No, oops. Sorry. Jesus came to earth as a baby. I mentioned that before. He lived as a man so that, we could, so that he could die, so that we could all live. The biblical writer Paul says in his letter to the church in Corinth, Caleb spoke about earlier, It's like, yeah, let's all talk about Corinthians, that we should remember that death. Now he's talking, Paul is writing to the Corinthians after Jesus' death and resurrection, and he says, remember that death. Remember what was achieved at that death. He says, for as often as you eat this bread, and drink the cup can I make a suggestion drink the contents of the cup not the cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes this was not a let's just do this once this was a continual reminder for us that Jesus died he rose again so that we can have life And that's something we need to keep reminding ourselves of. Why? Because that is the source of our hope. And even when our hope is interrupted, even when life is not going to plan, and I'm pretty sure nearly all of us could put up our hands and go, that sort of describes the last couple of years, hasn't quite gone to plan Even when our hope is interrupted, we remind ourselves of what Christ has done, about what that means for who we are and the identity that we have, and whose we are, whose children we are. Because when God looks at us, his words over us are exactly the same as what he said over Jesus when Jesus was baptised. This is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. We've got this broken biscuit that represents his body that was broken for us on the cross. So that when he was crucified, our brokenness became his brokenness so that we can be whole. Now that takes a lot of getting your head around. So how do we remind ourselves about our brokenness and his brokenness to make us whole? We eat broken biscuits. And he took a cup of grape juice, wine. We'd love to give you wine, but it's 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning, it's too early. Why? Because that represents his blood. And his blood was shed on that cross. He bled and died. He bled before he died. They whipped him. Brutal torture. Why? So that our sickness, our disease can be washed away. So let's all stand up. Let's pause. Interrupt the busyness of our thought processes. I'm sure we were all thinking about a million and one things that have got to be done today and tomorrow and between now and Christmas. Let's interrupt those thoughts and just reflect on the body that was broken for us, the blood that was shed for us, once we have reflected, let's eat and drink and as Paul instructed, re- celebrate his death until he returns. Let's eat, let's drink after we've reflected. there's anybody here that doesn't have that hope, that doesn't have that relationship with Christ to bring that hope, I'd love to pray with you this morning take you from a position of no hope to having an eternal hope if there are others that would like prayer to have their hope rekindled I'd love to pray with you as well sometimes the interruption to our hope feels more than an interruption. It feels like a disruption. It feels like it's the stop button that's been hit, not the pause. So I'd love to pray with you as well.
0: So. Can I just um, pray over everyone as we finish? Well, God, I just uh, right now just pray for everyone who's standing here and any that are watching online or or listening during the week. Just really believe that God is saying that uh, don't be afraid, don't be concerned. I'm going to restore everything that has been lost, everything that has been interrupted, everything that feels like it has been stolen away, everything that seems like it has been forgotten over the past couple of years. I'm going to restore all things, says the Lord God. The cycle is gonna return, it's gonna come back around. What has been taken, what has been forgotten, what has been interrupted, what seems lost is never lost in me, says the Lord God. Take faith in me and my word being true, says the Lord God. Put your hope in me once again, expect good. Some of you are here this morning and you haven't hoped for a long time. You haven't expected good for a long time. The interruption to your hope has been so long It's been much longer than 40 days. It's been drawn out. The wilderness feels more like a year or two, like maybe many, many years. The wilderness is a dry, silent place where there is nobody. And some of you feel like you've been there for a long time, but God is saying that that the water is coming, the rain is coming, the refreshing is coming. It's time to begin to re-engage again. God is saying to you this morning, re-engage, re-engage in the Spirit re-engage in the quiet place, the place of prayer, Re-engage with your brothers and sisters in Christ. A time of hoping again, looking forward. Lift up your eyes, says the Lord. Lift up your eyes and see uh, what is coming. See what is shining from above. See what is in the future, says the Lord God. The the, the shadow of the valley of death is over. I'm leading you back towards green pastures, towards rest for your souls, towards a, a filling of your spirits, towards times of healing, times of rejoicing, uh, when your ashes, the ashes will disappear, times of gladness. We just thank you for that, Lord God, just fulfilling us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to your people, Lord God. You are faithful to your church, Lord God. For 2,000 years, your church has never been squashed, has never disappeared, has never gone out of fashion, Lord God. Lord, you're always faithful to your people, Lord God. You're faithful because it's your bride, Lord God. You're intimately connected to your church, King Jesus. And we thank you for that, Lord God. And we take great hope in that, in your mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Andrew. Just what a great morning. Uh, Always a fantastic sermon. Uh, It's just absolutely fantastic. As Andrew said, if you'd like to uh, some prayer this morning for anything, please come forward. I'd love to pray with you. But a couple of other pastors would love to pray with you, stand with you. Anything around hope, especially, we'd love to just uh, stand with you. If not, we'll see you next week. Invite someone to the carol service. Uh, We're going to have a great week next Sunday. Bless you.